Okay. okay, just came through just with, came a sandwich. with a sandwich. Super, Super delicious. delicious. Super, Super nutritious. nutritious. Don't look me Don't in my eye. You can't look you me in my, my eye. I got nice ass eyes. Like, like some chicken. Oh, delicious. Oh, mm. Mm. What? what? Just came just through came in a web. Nice ass Honda City. Not from this decade. Look at you. Look at you. You don't even look good. Man, look at me. White tee, white kite, white t-shirt, white face, not me, that's him. His name is Polly Eric, my name is Nibay. My mom hit me in the face, your mom tell you to go to your room. I didn't even have a room till last year. What do you have? You have a room. I have a room inside of a room, it's called a closet. What you got? Oh my god. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the ad lib. Shut up. Shut up. Yo, if you ever Yo, see if you me ever in the streets, just, just, just shake my hand and say hello. Alright, you heard this here. It's the year end podcast. Bow! Hit him with another one. Bow! I need a third. Bow! Alright. So who do we have here? We have uh, Navek, aka the Tamil Tyrese, aka Young. Hey, what are you doing there? Aka uh, Young Pineapple, aka Young. Let me eat that pineapple. Aka Mr. Run up to your girl, say hello, then run away. Aka uh, the real sandwich. Who do I host? Who? Let them know. Uh, it's Chris, aka Chris, aka the Tamil Hemingway, aka Navek. Don't eat that pineapple. Aka you might be allergic. Aka you might. <laughs> swell up your throat and die and we have a very special episode lined up because this is our last episode before this trash ass year is over uh, so we have a few wonderful guests a few returners um a couple actually only one new guest but you know just as excited to have her um we got our main man Manin sitting in the corner over here how are you doing today good good how are you i'm i'm great man <laughs> this year's almost okay. over I've clocked in overtime at work, hey. and it's only been three days, Holiday so okay. things are going awfully, but that's okay. <laughs> um, how was how how was your uh, your holiday weekend? Was it chill? Um, yeah. Do you usually do anything with your family? Uh, no, but me and a couple of the guys we cooked cooked a great meal together. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, no, we bought everything from scratch, made everything from scratch. It was great. Perfect, man. Yeah. So was this like a broccoli, you know, salad type meal? We made uh, pork loins wrapped with bacon. Um, wow. We made uh, pine nuts and what was it? Pine nuts and green beans. Uh, the Indian pumpkin pie, which was, uh, which was what made it? What made it Indian? What? What made it Indian? Uh, masala ah. and uh, um, put a lot of there's a lot of spices. Yo, say it, go. Okay. Besides Maiden, we also have three other guests. We have my sister Byra, who's here today. How are you? Great. Keeping well. You want ice skating after a very long I time did, today? I did, and I didn't fall once. I was so bad. Is that Nathan Phillips Square? Yeah. At first, I was really tempted to get one of those little walkers, you know, the little kids mm. have. But they're, like, you way can, too short. You can get those? Like, they have them for the kids, but I don't know. I about thought these people were just really smart, and they brought it from home No, I think I'm pretty... There were multiple, so I was like, they, 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 these people can't be carrying these around with them. Like, it must be How awkward. many people are, like, falling over, like, regularly? It was happening quite often. Oh, my actually. gosh. And I'd always, like, I'd always, like, stop. Like, oh. That's just a war zone to me. Like that's the only reason why I can't go there. Just because I feel like people are just uh, just waddling everywhere on ice, which yeah. is yeah, it's a little bit wrecking. 
at times because I feel like that makes you more prone to fall when you see someone fall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but uh, no, thankfully. Okay. It's a good experience. Proper. Well, thank you for joining us on the show today. Thank you um, To Byra's right, we have Marusha, who recently turned a year older. How does it feel to be you? How does she be you? Right. This year. That's a great question. <laughs> it's, a time. it's a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you uh, you brought along your sister all the way from Austin, Texas today. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to have her in town? Amazing. Yeah? Yeah. yeah what's, uh, <laughs> what's the... Uh, What's the most fun, funnest thing you've done so far together? Um, Christmas morning was fun. Yeah. It was fun. Opening presents, chilling, playing okay. Taboo. It was a good time. Taboo, that's mm-hmm. a sick game. Is that the the Cranium off, Offset game? Is it? Is it like a sub, 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 like a, I don't know. I feel like, it, like you guys know the game Cranium, right? Have you ever played that game before? I haven't. The color scheme and the packaging look alike. Um, but they're not same game. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, would you like to introduce yourself to the audience? Do you have any AKAs? I go by Janisha. Okay. No AKAs. That's totally fine. Maybe we'll come up with... AKA, the streets are still watching. AKA, uh, young, uh, bowl. AKA, uh, let me eat some of that, uh, delicious thumbel food. AKA, the thumbel Lauren Hill. Whoa. Wow, oh, bless spice. you. Okay, I told her that in person the other day, but I had to... I had to let the people know. <laughs> There you go. I mean, if you're comfortable enough just branding yourself as that, you may as well. No we'll big just deal. do it for you. Um, but yeah, we very happily do it for you. So this is a pretty stacked lineup. This is like an all-star backcourt Whoa. 2017. Wow. Technically, we have that's one generous. We have one extra person on the, the ball court right now, but that's okay. I'll play coach. You I'll know? play J.R. Smith. Okay. Oh, that's a six-man right there. It works I'll, yeah, sure, I'll be six-man. I'll gladly come off the bench, or I'll stay on the bench. Fun fact, I tried out for basketball for eight years in a row. From elementary school into the first year of high school, I never sad made story. it. Really? Oh, never once. Man, that's sad. But the fact that you kept going back and forth, <laughs> that's yeah, In you. sixth grade, my teacher slash coach, Mr. Gill, it was like a 5.30 a.m. practice. He's like, try out, it's 5.30 a.m. Like, this 10-year-old. I was like, oh, yeah, sick. <laughs> so we go. I'm the only kid who can't hit a layup. This guy pulls me over. He's like, Krish, I'm going to give you three chances to make this layup. And if you can't make it on the third try, you got to give me 25 push-ups. <laughs> so I run up, try it the first layup. I take too many steps. He's like, blows the whistle. He's like, do it again. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Run up, try and do the second time. Just air ball. Just 100% like trying to do a finger roll, which is not even like a, which is like way too beyond my ability. And he's like, he's like, again. And he's like, make this one count. So I go up, I try and make this as clinical as possible. I'm walking up to the fucking net at this point. Like, I'm not even running. And I still miss it. And I kid you not, I turn around, I'm just like trembling. I'm about to cry. Because I'm like, yo, I had three chances to put this ball in the fucking net. All I had to do was stop it and then put it in. I probably would have let me go too, but... I found other hobbies. <laughs> eventually, eventually things turn around. You know? What was the uh, what's the teacher's name? Mr. Gill. Hey, Mr. Gill. We have a podcast now. What do you have? Probably a house and a car, but <laughs> and a uh, we have a, a, a. So what? <laughs> we don't need basketball. Uh, we have. We don't need you either. You just you just let our team to an undefeated season and like a title, so it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy. He was in the Muay Thai. Fuck that. Guy. Say one more, Oh no! Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Say it one more time. Right to the mic. 
<laughs> I feel really bad. He was actually a really, he's, really cool teacher. Yeah. Uh, it's actually, music too. Yeah, he was a yeah, he's yeah, pretty cool. But mm. he's just a hard ass basketball coach. <laughs> oh, uh, shout out to Mr. Langshu real quick, my grade six uh, teacher, home teacher. He it's put, so great that all of our our elementary school teachers <laughs> listen to our podcast. Right? Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah it's nice to, to uh, yeah, it's nice no, to know that he's for sure on it. And uh, he put me on the grade six volleyball team just because I did all my homework on time. <laughs> I could not serve the ball over the net, <laughs> but that math homework, I got it on time. Right? So, round of applause to you real quick. You know what's really crazy? Water boys in the NFL make 50k a year. Yeah, that's true. That is I heard about, yeah, I heard that something is about this. I only know that from it's a meme. So. That's real life. No, it's oh, really? Yeah. Some of those boys, like, you have to, first of all, you can't be sleeping. You have to be... For the on water, the ball, yeah. but my, my favorite part is you'll see sometimes like a water boy like following a player along because he knows he's going to stop further down, and they're running just as fast as the players running. You just see them go on, on the sideline. You're like, well, that boy water boy can run. That boy can run, though. Yeah. It's just like a really, a really hopeful football prospect that just never made it. I like football too much to let this go. Either that, yeah, either that, or maybe he couldn't get a touchdown in three tries. I was like, you know, what, I'll settle. I'll settle, man. Maybe one day I'll find myself, you know, <laughs> running 40 yards in six seconds. I don't know. That's um, terrible. But, <laughs> you know what? Main and all of us can fucking do that, okay? <laughs> Fuck off. Um, so, <laughs> so, now that the year's closing, you know, we've got lots to look forward to. Um, but, you know, at in any kind of pivotal point in our lives, I mean, this is one like a universal one. Everyone is kind of watching this year end, you know, sometimes like work or contracts or school or whatever it is is kind of ending and then this you know this this refresh kind of happens right um but as it does it's always worth kind of reflecting on what has happened before right there's still you know 20 what how many days four five days left in the year four days left in four days left in the year um meaning 361 days have passed for us to uh, to reflect on. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm sure some of those days were spent watching Narcos on your laptop, mm-hmm. face down on your bed, you know, doing nothing. But I'm sure other days were spent doing something substantial. Like, you know what? Go ahead and tell them when this podcast came into uh, came, came into this world. So I think we had the idea, I'm going to say February, I'm just making that up, I'm picking a specific month because that's the only one I remember, and I was talking to Krish and I was like, we need to, we need to give the people that real talk, that real, talk. That real Scarborough Times Pickering talk, <laughs> that real McCown and Finch talk, that real I'm shorter than six feet tall and this is a unique perspective on the world, you know, like, exactly, and uh, you know, we got the the mics from Via Best Buy on the on the low. Shout out to Chris, um, old boy at Best Buy. He's obviously moved on to better things. He's in med school right now, so he left. Uh, really? He left that terrible environment for <laughs> something good. And, and he hooked us up with mics. Exactly. So shout out to Chris. Um, shout out to him. And then we uh, we linked up. We officially linked up. Got the mics. I think in April. That's right. April. And uh, the first episode we did. In Thesker's basement, my neighbor shot Thesker real right. quick. Uh, his wife was almost in labor that day. Yeah, it was nuts. We were almost not going to record. The vac hit me at like 5 p.m. He's like, hey, uh, we might have to 
find like can we record at your house or might have to do it in my basement because like that's your wife might go into labor real quick and i was like oh shit and then he texted me like an hour later he's like false alarm we could go <laughs> so ended up working out but yeah that's was like pretty pretty uh key member of kind of like just letting this happen you know what i mean he he was the one who did the the photoshop for our our cover art as well because um, he's a professional graphic designer oh, sweet. which is kind of yeah. wild yeah um, and of course yeah our first two episodes were filmed in his basement yeah. like a dog running upstairs his dog when he gets too excited it just pees on the ground <laughs> yeah it's like this big shaggy dog and it does that which is pretty funny um, yeah and uh, do you remember the name of the Mexican restaurant that we ate at in Ajax when we brainstormed our first episode Oh, uh, Mexico Lindo. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard Lindo. this. I've never heard this. Yeah, that's wow. right. Okay. Wow. It's in like this, the shadiest like <laughs> box mall in Ajax. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was a great place. You know, it was a sunny afternoon at like 1 p.m. No one else was in there except the making that. So it's a great that's place, nice. you know. Um, but yes, this, this was a good year for us to get this podcast started obviously and this is our officially our 10th episode 9th 11th episode i think to close out the year um so thank you for joining us on this this last episode here um before you know we get things cracking even more into the new year you know obviously we're gonna have more sponsorships you know more people hollering at us camel soup what up it's gonna get busy um but Whatever, you know, humble beginnings. All 150,000 of our listeners are... Shoot, uh, I thought it was 160,000. Oh, really? It yeah. grew since the last time. Okay. It went up. Really? The price went up, by the way. If you want to book us to host any of your parties, clubs, uh, price just went up. So $25. $25 plus uh, two forties for both of us <laughs> and uh, a bottle of aloe as well as a box of Kleenexes because you know what? Sometimes you gotta, you just gotta blow your nose. Stuffy boys. So, stuffy boys. Yeah. Um, okay, so, if we were to just talk about podcasts, what, what is probably your most, your most memorable moment thus far on the podcast that we've done? Oh. Let's open this, let's open this up to, to, because, uh, I mean, probably one of the reasons why we've, uh, we've, you know, asked you guys to join us here is, uh, you guys are the only people that listen to a podcast, so we have to, we have to bring you in. Um. But, uh, no, on top of that, we've also had most of you on the show as well. Um, so, you know, you, we certainly have a lot to kind of talk about. You know, there's lots mm-hmm. of things we can improve on. Mm-hmm. There's lots of things that we may have done right, may have done wrong, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is there anything off, off the top of your head that you, you kind of think back on? You're like, wow, that was, that was well done. Oh, there are a lot of good moments. Yeah. I want to say the, uh, the pod with Josh, which is the most recent I one. Was mm-hmm. just um, that was very good because... He's like a full creative, and it was great to have that, mm-hmm. like that type of person, mm-hmm. on here that uh, really didn't listen to anybody else, and a lot of people were pushing him to go another direction. Yeah, and he's gonna come out with some very nice heat soon. So yeah, some clothing and some some magazines, and it was nice. And this was a guy that I knew for like a couple of years. I met at like a party, and then one day uh, I walked into Best Buy, and he's like, "Yo, you work here too?" And I was like, "Yeah." That's, <laughs> Uh, let's not be here in eight months. <laughs> and, um, and that was pretty nice. That was a, a good feeling. Yeah, say. for sure. I'm. Uh, I was really happy with uh, with the one we do with Tyler as well. I thought that was pretty mm-hmm. neat, mainly just because uh, just because he's like 
he's actually deeper in the kind of like music game than I would have thought. Um, like I had no idea that he was part of like a like a boys choir from like a very young age. Like literally like touring the world at like the age of like eight or nine. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of serious, you know. And the kid just like lives down the road, um, has a lot of big things coming up. I feel like, I feel like, yeah, most of most of who we've had on the podcast this year, you know, is um, blooming with potential, you know. Um, yeah, I think that's the most exciting thing about, you know, thinking about a year kind of ending as well, right? Obviously, you know, you have a lot of people who talk about uh, New Year's resolutions, right? Um, and, you know, some people think they're phony. Like, I'm curious to know what you guys think, you know, because a lot of people are just like, you know, there's there's two schools of thought. You have the one school of thought is just like, you know what, this past year was kind of rough or, you know, um, a lot of shit kind of happened. And, like, I had this little window where you have, like, the Christmas break or whatever it is to just, like, chill, breathe for a second. And the New Year rolls around and it's, like, Jan 1st, day one. You kind of start over, right? Um, and then you have the other school of thought. You have, like, the, like, the nose to the to the grind kind of school of thought or just like if you want to make something change and you're like do it now mm-hmm. uh, and you hear that you hear that all the time Very right um, like I remember uh, at uh, U of T Scarborough a friend of mine there was like these posters at the end of the year and it's like what are your New Year's resolutions they like took a picture with like some kid with his thumbs up and it's like I want to like I want to get my grades up. like I want to bring my average to like an 80 um, and someone else was like um I can't remember. They're like, I want to save up enough money to like get my first car. And then there's some other kid who's just like got his arms folded and like a, like a Grinch face, and he's just like, if you want to make change in your life, make it happen now. Don't wait for the new year. I was like, geez, like first of all, who's in, who's in charge of marketing and put this on, on the damn poster? And two, you know, like, is that is that always possible? Is that always possible to kind of do given your circumstances to just you know make change immediately? You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you guys think? Oh, okay. First, I have to say that I feel like the people we had as guests this year, like I feel like they're gonna be extremely uh, successful in twenty seventeen because they're all they all are very hopeful, and I have a lot of faith in everybody that's been on that mm-hmm. they're gonna like soar in twenty seventeen yeah, for sure. Uh, very good people, and but change, hmm, that's. That's so interesting because, like, it, it's all up to us, but it's also the factors around us that control change Absolutely. as well. The situations that we're in, um, the environments, most importantly. So it's it's so hard because everybody says, you know, the, the typical resolutions. Uh, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to take up smoking. Like, like <laughs> we know, but uh, how are you going to get there? You know, the steps. Right. How about you guys? Like, what do you guys? How do you guys feel about that? No, I definitely agree on that, especially in terms of environment, and and I think um, state of mind too. Like, I I recognize the whole yeah, like it's up to you and whatnot, but for some people, uh, it's a lot harder uh, wherever they are, right? And so um, I feel like that's something we don't really take into consideration. Um, and I feel like, yeah, with that message, it's like, oh, just snap out of it and, like, get shit done. But for some people, that's... It's not possible. It's less snap. enabling than yeah. someone imagines to be so by just mm-hmm. being like, oh, go and get a kind of deal, yeah, right? Exactly. More often than not, I feel like the people who, who have ever said that to me or have kind of, like, <laughs> said it publicly um, have been <laughs> kind of granted 
with like an o- at least at least one more open door than I have, mm-hmm. or or gotcha. to the people that they've seen around them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I just like the fact of luck. Yeah. <laughs> Luck is like so random yeah. and arbitrary, and yeah. that determines so much like where you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Someone—it was my high school music teacher, Mr. Honest Chuck, who always told us, uh, "Luck is when opportunity meets chance." Mm-hmm. It's kind of uh, right place, right time, right? Is mm-hmm. uh, kind of how it stands. Um, so yeah, I, I always thought that uh, that kind of school thought. I mean, I also think it's just people trying to be contrarian, right? Just because, like, you know, the idea of a New Year's resolution is so popular and there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever you know if anything you know if you want to make a new year's resolution kind of what you said it's just about being practical with it right you know like laying out steps like one cigarette today three tomorrow a pack of the week yeah um but you know like very recently a friend of mine said you know um this next year i want to become like more responsive with like my messaging Mm. people sometimes i feel like i just kind of ghost them and like let them go i don't consider the severity or like the context and why someone might be messaging me um and that's kind of like backfired on them right mm-hmm. um i think that's like a that's a pretty realistic one you know what i mean because the the steps to becoming more responsive via text or whatever are, are you know they're explicit you can you can literally write down things to do to become a better a texter you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> um and probably follow yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's not so hard. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Something I like to do is like, if I'm busy, I'll just be like, "Yo, I'm really busy right now. I've seen this. I'm gonna do my best to reply to you by the end of the night. If I don't, just tell me. Like, hit me up or just remind me, kind of deal. You know, um, that way you kind of hold yourself accountable. And then also, you've granted the person to give you that reminder without, or like, because you, yeah, you've given them that permission essentially rather than them feeling like they're imposing it on you by being like hey i'm sorry to bother you again kind of deal yeah. then they're they're better off a little bit you know but either way have you guys thought of anything thus far as something that you would like to see coming to fruition in the new year or or you've thought of as a resolution yeah yeah oh uh yeah i feel like <laughs> There's a lot of good creative work coming soon. You yeah. know that we got the hit web series coming soon, okay. top of 2017. Also, Yan Chan hit my phone. Stop avoiding my messages. Uh, no, I'm playing. Uh, good for him though. Good for what he's doing. Uh, we we'll got some. Him. We have some heat for him as well. Trying to reel him in. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Uh, yo, reply to my DMs. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's some there's some good stuff that I'm also gonna try to read some books at the top of the year. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, how about you guys? Let's go around. Like, even not just what we want to do in 2017, but <coughs> what is like to you in 2016? Oh, okay. Well, something I want to do in 2017, I talked to this Thumbled journalist from CBC, and she was like really awesome. And she basically told me that you constantly have to be working on your portfolio and be really intentional. Mm-hmm. And so I think in 2017, I'm going to be far, like more intentional with the work that I do. And two things I'm grateful for in 2016 is like meeting all of y'all. Oh, and also just like connecting with a bunch of thumb creatives in the GTA. It's been really, really good to me. Right on. Do you wanna do you wanna share with anyone who's listening about the uh, the group on Facebook that you actually made? I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that we've tried to, or I, you know, all of us have, have certainly wanted to reach out to, and, uh-huh. and there's potentially a lot of other people who. 
you know we don't know or, or can't connect to via Facebook who would love to learn about it. I mean, yeah, I, I think you should definitely share with them a little bit about what what it is that you're trying to do by creating it. Okay, um, the Facebook page is basically Thumbwell Creatives in Toronto Network, and it aims to just connect Thumbwell people um, who identify as creatives, which can mean like designers, artists of any type, makeup artists, I don't know, actors, everything. And um, just give them a space to kind of interact with one another because I don't think that really exists in Toronto, so why not do it through the web? Yeah. Um, and at least introduce yourself so that you can, I don't know, connect with other people yeah. who identify as normal because I think a lot of the barriers and things that we aspire to do are very similar. And um, we have a lot of brilliant work that we can get done if we connect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, thank you very much for making that too, you know? Just, uh, sure. just uh, yeah, we've talked about it before, right? It's just enabling. It's just creating opportunity. Like, you think about um, back to our third episode where we had Jeremiah and Bedushin come on and talk about, like, doing, uh, like, doing errand gate trims and stuff like that and how, like, they hated that process, but, like, they like just sitting around and, like, jamming with their friends. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you know there are so many people who have like who maybe their parents or maybe themselves have genuinely kind of like put their time and their effort into it could be like classical like Carnatic arts whether you know Paranatium, Mirdang or whatever it is um, or just grown into something else like whether it be like freestyling or uh, or like <laughs> photography or whatever it is you know like um, and a lot of the time uh, something that like I'm sure everyone in this room has heard when you speak about something that you're passionate about uh, that comes in into like this realm of like a creative space is uh, you're asked like um, oh that's something you should do on the side or, like that's something you mm -hmm. should do like for fun like yeah. for later you know what I mean mm -hmm. um, and for a lot of people that that just can't be a reality you know what I mean uh, especially when they're you know, when they're really passionate about something and more importantly are just like uh, so sternly against kind of settling for, for something they don't want to do, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that's also very exciting and something we'll definitely be excited to see kind of flourish in the new year, you know? Uh, could you repeat the name, sorry, for, for anyone who might want to look it up? I think it's Thelma Creatives in Toronto Network. Okay, we'll certainly put a link to it in uh in all of the descriptions um can people add like join themselves or is it do they have to be like they have to be reeled in or like invited um they can join i okay. approve okay fair enough yeah. fair enough um so certainly look it up and uh and yeah hopefully we can kind of keep this going you know keep sharing ideas um yeah how about you man is there anything uh anything you're looking forward to in particular uh, in particular, looking forward to the new year. Uh, I definitely want to read more. Yeah. Um, yeah, being being in school so much, I felt like I was obligated to read. Mm -hmm. Right. And now that I'm done school, now everything I read is for my own benefit. And, like, I've read through two books this year, and it was nothing related to school. Like, I was, I read Jay-Z's biography. Nice. Um, the Empire State of Mind. It was pretty good. Um, so it's good. I find it great to, to read, and I find it helps me in so many different aspects. Like, I can quote a line, and I can apply it to a certain situation. Right. Mm -hmm. So I find that great. Um, what else do I want to do? Uh, try different foods. I think yeah. I've been fairly narrow-minded with food. Really? Also because I wasn't working, so I had no money. So right. my options were limited. But now that I'm making a little more money, I'd like to experiment and try new foods. 
Um, Bro, even a masala flavored pumpkin pie. Oh yeah, that was the only one. Shout out to the man Mohison. Uh, <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, no cooking too. For a guy who loves food as much as I do, I I don't know how to cook anything. Really? Microwave, toaster oven's all I know. Damn. So uh, that's something I should explore. You gotta get your bars up. Mm. I'll help you get your bars up. <laughs> we'll do that. We'll make sure that happens. Yeah, no, um, that's it. That's about it. I think 2016 was great because. I felt like I improved a lot. I feel like once school was done, a lot of doors that were closed were finally open. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of time, so it was great. That kind of build up, right? That just like build up of like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Kind of like, just yeah. Effects. And like when you go to like when I went to school with when I went to school at Shulif, like I used to go to networking sessions and people would be like, oh man, like oh you want this job that I, I'm doing the thing that you want to do one day? Oh. Man, I was in your shoes. I know exactly. You're yeah, just I like, just, I just kiss my ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they'd say something and be like, yeah, but like, so, um, yeah, but my GPA was only 3.9. And like, I was struggling. So, right, like, they say stuff like that, that is like, you're not in my shoes at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. not the same struggle. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, man, like, I, living on res, getting, like, drunk really in the one night, then waking up to do an exam, like, say, suck. Man, I commute two hours. What do you mean? Like, it's, <laughs> Sorry, so, what? Yeah, so, um. No, but like once I left school, I realized that there's a lot more people like me than I thought. Yeah. At first, you think everybody's like, oh, they have such a clean cut. Like, what just what's wrong with me? But you no, know, once you realize there's a lot of people that I know that were working really hard in school who still haven't found a job yet and they're still hunting. And they graduated, what, like six, seven months ago? Mm. So they've been on their own grind in terms of just the hunt. Of course. For something that they, are, that they want to do with their time. So yeah. um, I'm grateful for that. And. I'm also grateful for meeting all you guys and everybody else I've met because once school was over, again, I had so much more time to do a whole bunch of different things and I met so many different people and you get to see, like, school kind of keeps you closed-minded sometimes because yeah. everybody in there is kind of, oh, my intention, my one job is to do this sort yeah. of thing. So, get this degree, get this degree. kind of Exactly. Degree. So not that many people are narrow-minded outside of that circle. So um, I've learned a lot. Okay. Sweet, man. Janisha, how about you? What, uh, why don't you tell a little bit of a little bit of, tell us a little bit about what what's going on in your life right now. So what are you what are you like saying on like a regular basis? <laughs> like, what are you saying? <laughs> like, what are you saying? What are you saying? <laughs> uh, so you're currently in school, yeah? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Is that truthful? Yeah, it's Very not fair truthful. to say it's true. Okay. And where do you go to school currently? I go to the university. I'm talking here. Yeah, you don't have to get too close. I mean, it's up to you. You can get real close if you want. Nibek really likes to get close. Like, <laughs> yeah. when, my, when I record the audio, there's like little parts where I just have to whoop, just decrease the volume <laughs> as Nibek gets super close. Mm-hmm. I go to UT Austin and I'm at the McComb School of Business. Okay. Low key, low key. Yeah? Yeah. Why is it low key? It's awful. Okay. Um. So you'd rather not associate yourself with it? Yeah, like I try to disassociate myself as much as possible. Like I run inside of the building and run out. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. just your place of learning kind of deal, right? I want to call it learning. You want to call yeah. it? Okay, okay, okay. It's like um, building robots type mm, thing. Right. Yeah. Hmm. And how many other people are in this program? My class has like 8,000 kids. Oh, my word. Yeah. Oh, right big school and this is just the school of business oh just kidding no like okay. maybe 400 kids okay yeah. but this is your whole school has about 8,000 my whole school has about 50,000 <laughs> that's, that's the size of the town that I went to university wow that's that's sickening 
Holy cow. Yeah. And you've been there for three years now. Two yeah. Years now. Two and a half years. Yeah. Okay. And <clears throat> in terms of your schooling this year, of the kind of shit fest that it is, what were two positives from this, this school year that's kind of passed? In terms of, okay, let me ask you this. Was there any learning that took place that, you know, has resonated with you positively? Yes. I took a class that was not associated with my degree whatsoever called Mental Health Promotion. Mm-hmm. And I met a lot of, like, loving people that had souls, which is nice and right. refreshing. Um, yeah, and I learned a lot from that class. And what? It's good. Okay. Considering that this is the class that you met these people in, what is our... So, at the school where your classes are, as you said, like building robots, are the people that you're surrounded by like robots as well? Yeah, and... Oh is this man. like generally, like obviously your school is 50,000 people, which is nuts. So you're mm-hmm. definitely not going to know everyone. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, if you could speak to the... Because, okay, to me, the idea of like a, like a university in the States is like beyond me like thinking of big universities in Canada is like I can think of like U of T is, is so close um, and the next biggest okay, McGill? Uh, yeah I mean in terms of like prestige is McGill like yeah. population wise I don't really know yeah. the states is just like yeah no but if you want perspective on this 50,000 that's not even what York really? um, and York is the third largest it's U of T U of M University of Montreal and York University really University of mm. Montreal okay U- yeah so York's 52,000 so like um, my graduate class is 400 so numbers are pretty parallel there. wow okay. um, interesting yeah I mean yeah okay my I went to like a like a quote unquote <laughs> liberal arts university here <laughs> of like 7,000 people right um, so yeah the idea of a of a just like a large scale university is foreign to me but also just university in the states is something that in my head, I've worked up to be just like a completely different ball game. Like the first thing that comes to mind is frats, yeah. which is like very, very non-existent canon. I feel like if you're <laughs> if you're a part of a frat here, like people are gonna laugh at you. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, when um, I was training down there, everybody I met, all the guys I met, were in a frat. And it's almost cool. It was very uncool not to be in one. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's the exact opposite. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, exact the, opposite. it's the exact opposite. Because everyone's just like, yo, like, y'all do weird butt stuff together. So, like, I don't know. Like, maybe not. Like, sorry. Obviously, this is me just being an ass. But, yeah, just the idea of frats certainly is just like, I don't know. There's like a whole bunch of problems with them. But, yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind. And then, second of all, yeah, I just think of like, like, you just think about all of the popular media that's come out about university or, like, college in the States. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's blown out of proportion. One, obviously, just for shock value. But two, like, to what extent is that actually true? Do you know what I mean? Like, to what extent is, like, the, the like, hyper-masculinity of these, like, frats mm-hmm. um, and just, like, you know, shit, I don't even know how to articulate this right now. Yeah, like, <laughs> what is university in the States like in comparison to the shit that is projected to the rest of the world from your experience and your experience as well, Marisha, because you finished four years there as well, yeah? Five. Five years there, okay. Um, yeah, I'm super super curious to know. Super long-winded, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's real. Yeah. 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 So I remember my freshman year, I wanted to join a sorority because I wanted to meet. Mm. Um, but then 
so they have these requirements like it's about four thousand dollars a semester which is almost the equivalent of tuition yeah and then you need recommendation <laughs> letters from alumni but of course my refugee as parents like don't have connects to alumni from sororities yeah and there are certain sororities where you need to live in a certain zip code in order to be in because they choose the wealthiest zip codes and if you don't fall within those zip codes as you're like where you're from then you don't get into the sorority um and there are like hazing rituals that are really really fucked up like they i this is a rumor but like i I could imagine it being true of like them taking girls and like circling the body parts where they need to improve and then um i've personally heard of like hazing rituals where guys have to like um do knuckle push-ups but on like um spiked plates and so their knuckles are fucked for the rest of like their life their life yeah Um, i know a guy who had to fuck a goat let me put that out there right now. This is all for sorority. <laughs> and fraternities, yeah. Um, and they're branded. It's like one of that, that is your identity. And a lot of those people, um, like there is, there are connections, but ultimately like that is the real world, a lot of connections. Yeah. Um, but it's also like bougie-ass, country-ass, I don't know. Chaco-wearing like, ass. Chaco-wearing Where ass. y'all from, ass? <laughs> <laughs> those type of connections, and they're really fucked oh. up. And so, yeah, I remember there was this black girl um, who was, like, trying to rush, which is, like, the process that you do in order to get... Sorry, what's it called? A rush? She's trying... Rush, rush, yeah. Okay, okay. So that's a process to where you have to go through to get a bid, and essentially you have to eventually eliminate you based off of your mutual wanting of what sorority and their desire for you. Does that make sense? I don't think that makes sense. Sounds like a game. It is a game. Yeah. And so there's a role within the panhellenic sororities. Panhellenic is like what they're referred to, um, that everyone needs a bid. Like you need a bid, and there are tiers too. So like the wealthiest three-story ass mansions get are the hardest to get a bid to, and then the ones that like run out of a church are like the easiest to get a bid out of. And this Mm. black girl didn't get a bid out of any of them, and that's illegal, like in panhellenic rules. And it's obviously because she's black. Like um, they're racist. So. Yeah, that reality is so real. But also, like, rape culture is really perpetuated through, like, fraternity life. Like, they don't give a fuck. They, like, spike your drinks. They over-serve you alcohol. A lot of underage girls get in. Um, And the drinking age is 21. It's, like, a lot of people don't know how to drink yet when you go into university. So, yeah, sororities and fraternities are really fucking problematic. Oh, and there were also, like, a lot of racist stuff that fraternities did. Like, they had... um, a border patrol party and essentially like you had to jump over a river like a hypothetical river in order to go into the party but it's like totally this metaphor for like the mexico u.s border yeah. Yeah. um it's called a border patrol party wow yeah, yeah. they weren't even like trying to be subtle about it and so there's just uh, people wear blackface um this is all in your first year you experienced most of this or throughout your time it was throughout my time yeah but it's weird because then there are like fraternities like Matthew McConaughey. He was like in the the top tier fraternity um, at UT, and it's weird because like people like that graduate the programs, and so even though all these fucked up things are happening, like the University of Texas always defends them because they produce products like that. But it's right. always mm-hmm. like Matthew McConaughey obviously gone to that fraternity because he's wealthy and he's white, and like there are all these factors. Yeah, there. Sure. and so the universities and like defense of these things so um and with mccombs mccombs is like i don't know top five business school in america Mm. and 
that's like where a lot of those fraternity and sorority people go because right. of that. And that's like they know how to network. I mean, that network is given to them once they pay four thousand dollars a semester, right? right? And so, like that, I've been inside McCombs. Like I wasn't a business student, and I was like so threatened. I felt so scared just right. to be there because I was like, I am so not any of these people. And so, I have to blast a blast, no problem. My chance to rap every time I like run in. Now I feel that. I feel that because I would go to like U of T and like. Uh, St. George and would be like all these rich ass international kids and like all these people who were just like you could tell as Nivek likes to say their backs were erect and I yeah. was like damn they just like really have it like they're so uptight and they like they just like I don't know school is their life which is cool but it's also like not my vibe and it's uh it's really scary in worlds where like you see other people as just like purely competition and as no. like human worth yeah. yeah, and like that tends to be a lot of what McCombs and like my experience at UTSV was so yeah fuck UT (laughs) (laughs) wow and you've got how much more time in this hellholes right year and a half I do things right okay okay well (laughs) shit so (laughs) I'm at a loss that's that's huge actually what she just said Mm -hmm. Uh, because I think a lot of people can relate when you're taking these courses that are so damn hard and you don't know how to finesse your way out of it yeah. but you know you'll figure it out there's always a way uh shout out to accounting 100 um almost one the my whole uh, university experience because i i didn't pass but i did and i overcame that obstacle you know so you uh can't tell me nothing by Kanye <laughs> but if i can do it you know anybody <laughs> that's what that is also, I don't bang with Ryerson, Rams. How can I pick my courses when a thing is site is down? And I email them, and they're Blackboard. like, sorry. The, oh, they're like, course selections at 8 a.m., but sorry, the site was down from 3 to 10.30. <laughs> I'm like, what? You struggle. But yeah, anyways. You may get a digress one time. Hey, that's okay, man. Sometimes you have to. Um, how about you, Byra? Was there anything, or what are a couple things? Was it two things? That you're looking forward to, or, or like one thing you're looking forward of, to. We, it yeah. can be more than two. I just said two. Yeah, two sure. things that I'm looking forward to, or that you were or proud of in 2016. That I was proud of? Whatever you're looking forward to. Oh in 20. man, um, I was saying this earlier. Like I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, 2016 was shit. Can't wait for this year to be over." Um, but for me personally, I feel like this has been one of the most transformative years of my life. Um, start off a little rocky. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I quit my job at the beginning of the year. Um, and soon after that, I was, yeah, still feeling very lost. I was like, what do I do next? And obviously that can be very anxiety provoking. Um, but I traveled quite a bit this year and that definitely put things into perspective and also, I think, helped me grow in ways that I certainly wouldn't have had I just stayed home. Um, so I'm really grateful to the people that encouraged me to travel first off and um yeah i met a lot of awesome people experienced different things um i think yeah traveling is certainly one of the biggest highlights for me for 2016 um and also uh yeah meeting people like you guys and meeting people that are i feel like i guess on a similar wavelength and also have inspired me creatively and um kind of inspired me to put my art out and be less 
fearful about putting it out because putting yourself out there is, is scary, you know, and being vulnerable um, in that way. Like, I feel like your art is, is such a huge reflection of you, right? So putting putting that out there for, for people to see, it's, it can be very scary. And so having a, a support system and, and, and meeting other creatives and having people support you in doing that, I think is super important. And I'm grateful to have kind of found that. Um, yeah. That's, that's 2016, 2017. Um, I'm looking forward to, yeah, hopefully putting more work out. Um, I'm hoping to put out original music for a change. Album's coming. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far. Um, uh, shout outs to, uh, he's been on my ass about making music for years. Uh, even like a couple months ago, he's like, Byron, man, like enough covers, like just, just put out your own shit. And I was like, I can't, I don't know how to write, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm going to send you a couple things, whatever. Have a listen, see if anything comes up. He's like, just try it, like one song. Um, and uh, yeah, I have about two rough songs done. Um, and uh, I, ideally, I would like to have at least a couple more and then possibly put out like a mini EP or something. Um, Hopefully, before I hit that quarter century mark this July. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's the timeline I give myself. Um, what else? Uh, I've applied to go back to school, so hopefully that comes through. Um, I'll know in March uh, whether I got it. I did apply to U of T. <laughs> and, uh, I'm hoping to get into their master's program for counseling. Counseling is like therapy. Uh, that's something I'm really passionate about. Something I think I've deep down always really wanted. Um, but didn't become as clear until until this year and having this time off to kind of self-reflect and, and figure out what it is that I really want to do. So, um, yeah. Something you've always talked to, or at least, you know, in the past probably year and a bit, is um, one, your passion for mental health counseling, but, um, but also integrating that to the, like, double community yes, directly, right? that's um, something I'm super passionate about. Obviously... I know this, not everyone in the room or the listeners know this, but you went to, like, the first place that you traveled to this year was Sri Lanka, and yep. that was for two months? Eight weeks, yeah. Eight weeks, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, in terms of what you were able to kind of, I mean, obviously, a part of that trip was for you to just kind of, like, breathe for a minute, right? Just kind yeah, of take a break from take a break, yeah. this bunky-ass weather in, like, February. Um, and yeah, and just kind of chill with some family out there right mm -hmm. but in terms of what you're able to uh, kind of like reflect on and also engage you know in terms of like conversations yeah um was there anything that kind of stood out to you as like uh, a real kind of eye-opener um whether i mean whether it ties back into what we were just saying is mental health or even just you know like a lot of the time growing up is like a yeah growing up in america or canada or wherever it is mm -hmm as you know american or canadian citizens having immigrant parents right there are yeah. so many there's questions and there's broken links that mm -hmm. we're not always going to get because maybe we asked the questions when we were too young and our parents just said you know it is the way it is or whatever yeah. it is you know something we've internalized but never fledged out you know mm -hmm. it was only until i was probably like 17 that i chose to inquire like why is there a war happening in Sri Lanka? Yeah. you know mm -hmm. um yeah, was I mean, was there anything in particular, like a particular conversation or a particular kind of experience that stood as like the most eye-opening or most kind of groundbreaking for you? Ooh, 
So not in terms of mental health or, or wanting to pursue that and all that. You know what? Yeah, sure. All of it, all like, of it. Yeah, uh, I'm just curious I to. Mean, I'm just curious for you to kind of fledge out. You know. Okay, I um, guess I'll start with some mental health things sure. just because I kind of started with that. Um, I think even prior to this trip, it was very evident that a lot of people in our community, um, it's it's not something that they understand very well. Um, it's it's one of the many things that's taboo, right? And um, and I think some of us have had conversations about how we've heard uh, people of our parents' generations or older say things like, "Oh, what like, depression isn't real. Like it's not a it's not a thing, and there's nothing wrong with you." And um, and you know, it's like the concept of, of uh, one being diagnosed with something, two receiving treatment, um, <coughs> all those things are just like it's it's seen as shameful, right? Yeah. So. It's not something people want to talk about. It's it's seen as ugly. So, um, and I, I think that did it did kind of come up in conversations over there, um, and uh, and I guess at times it was it, over the years it's it's been frustrating in the sense why don't they get it right? But I think trying to understand and and getting a better idea of mindset that they grew up with and the things that have been passed down. Um, I was better able to understand where they're coming from and why, like, they're not able to, to grasp certain things, right? So I think that further, what's the word? Man, why can't I be cemented? as articulate as Krish? Uh, sure. <laughs> cemented my desire to educate. Because um, I think the biggest problem is, yeah, a lack of awareness and a lack of boiling it, like bringing it down to, you know, um, I don't know, just at their level, and, and I think, well, definitely communicating in Tamil, you know, um, that's something I, I mean, the first time I, we went to Sri Lanka, uh, I was like thir- 12, 13, you were probably like 10, mm-hmm. um, I think that's when my desire to even to speak in language and be able to speak and c- converse started, um, and uh, at that time it was just more like I just, I just wanted to be able to converse with our um, grandparents and their relatives and whatnot whereas now it's more like I want to be fluent so that I can run a workshop or talk to people and parents and especially and and just I don't know maybe I'm naive to think that that's going to change something but I feel like I can't just sit here and complain and say oh they don't get it they're never going to get it um that's not going to do shit for me that's not going to do shit for the people around me my community so um I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, that's that's essentially yeah. that was one of the things. Um, another thing was, yeah, in terms of war, um, I, I remember having conversations with um, mom's cousin, and them kind of being like, you know, you guys in the West, like we get it, and whatnot, but sometimes you make things worse for us because things aren't as bad here as the over there, um, and mm. by you guys making a big ruckus about things and, and you know protests and whatnot it's that starts putting pressure on our government and then and then we get stressed out so so that was something that i found very interesting people living there you know um she had said something like uh she was like i know your dad really really and things you know for me my husband my child like we have better opportunities and and whatnot she's like but i love my life here and 
and I can see why. Like, you know, being there eight weeks, the island life is completely different. People are hella happy. People, life, pace of life is ten times slower. Um, you know, it's not perfect. And, and there's still, obviously, issues with government and whatnot. But, um, yeah, that, that was something that definitely stood out. Just the, the difference in terms of wave life and, yeah. and uh, culture and all that. Yeah, I'm glad you <clears throat> brought that up in particular because that was the one conversation that you sh- at least shared with me that mm-hmm. I thought was the most interesting, you know? I mean, you all you always hear that with, like, so many cases of volunteerism as well, yeah. right? Like, yeah, there are so many communities all over the world where, like, a lot of people are going to or sending donations to or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. yes, there, there are problems, but, Definitely. you know, if there, one, isn't transparency in how you're helping them, and, two, if you're not critical about whether or not what you're doing is necessary, mm-hmm. um, then you're just harming rather than helping, right? Um, yeah. So I think that was really, really interesting. We're about to hit that segue button. Just say segue in the mic real quick. Segue. Sick. Um, one other thing that we wanted to talk about, of the many things that we wanted to talk about, was uh, music from this year. Because everyone in this room is super into music. Um, and this year was just like a like a... A heavy year for music. Just a lot of people dropped a lot of music this year. Um, good, bad, Everything mediocre, yeah. new, old. I'm trying to think of people who did like who had like comebacks this year. Was there anyone who had? Oh, oh Gucci. Tribe. Yeah. Gucci is yeah. the Gucci? best. Gucci and Tribe. Tribe. Yeah. I think Tribe uh, slightly goes above Gucci. Yeah, but just slightly. Does it though? <laughs> Gucci <laughs> dropped two albums. Gucci, I think three albums. <laughs> yeah. I didn't listen to it. I didn't listen to it. Wattober and Easley Yeah. but I'm trying to think. Yeah, was there anyone like like old, old, old who who came out with something new this year? I think yeah. Common, but not really. He's dropped two albums in the past like decade. Oh really? Okay. Uh, uh the biggest would have to be Tribe. Yeah. yeah. It's been like twenty years of so, sixteen years something or something massive. like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. And they what, didn't they drop it like two days after the election results? <laughs> yeah. Or a day it's after the election timely. results? Yeah. Very, very timely. And uh, what's most important is that they dropped something that wasn't uh, dated at all. It sounded very current. Fresh. Yeah. Yes. But you could have played it possibly in the 90s, but you could play it definitely for sure. And that's huge that to be able to do that. That's huge. For sure. Making timeless music. Uh, I mean, that's kind of... Yeah, that's what cements you as like a, like a legendary artist, yes. right? I think that's yes. a, the easiest way to kind of put that. One of the things that we were really <clears throat> excited to talk about was the most disappointing rap lyrics of the year um i had a couple favorites okay before we before we talk about specific lyrics are there any songs in particular that you guys thought were super disappointing this year <coughs> the top of your head, can you think of any? excuse me um a lot of songs on views <laughs> yeah yeah or all of views let's be real because uh, he had so much hype coming out of that just uh, saying before the podcast are recording Two of these knuckleheads over here were talking about how sick Weston Rhodes flow <laughs> <laughs> So they can talk as much shit as they want. Yo, Drake, Drake, if you need if you need that remix on Weston Rhodes flows, we got you. Yo, like if you was like my favorite album, you're like real dogs, like I'm still listening to that. Like you're like at least like one million of your like two billion views are mine. You're like, say swear, yo. <laughs> But yeah, oh views in general relatively disappointing. A little too long for my liking. Um, also, Drake has has now passed the honeymoon phase. The honeymoon phase for me was take care, most certainly. Yeah. Um, and everything since then has kind of been, yeah, a little 
little satisfactory, unsatisfactory, I should say. Um, I still like listening to What a Time to Be Alive when I'm cleaning my room. It's the only thing that motivates me to do anything. But uh, I'm going to be honest, that's a great album. Yeah. What a Time to Be Alive is straight, like, fire. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's all it's it is. Good. That's like, just uh, straight losing brain cells music. Yeah. Yes, yes, um, But I'm trying to think of uh, music that I didn't like this year. Um, I, I've said this on the podcast before. I... I'm struggling. I'm struggling to hop on the little Uzi wave, and it's just killing me. I don't know. It's like <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, yeah. The other day, I I watched and then I sent uh, in the, the Thumbel Creatives Network group on Facebook. I posted a video of Lil Uzi. It's just a yeah montage. It's just him saying yeah for seven minutes. If anyone, if I don't even think any other rapper could have a, a seven minute video of ad-libs not even just ad-libs like if you wanted to collect any rapper's ad-libs and put it into seven minutes very doable this guy just has a one word and that's it it's just yeah that's it over and over again and not only i mean like that's not the only reason why i hate him you can't hate a rapper for their ad-libs but i just feel like uh yeah he's just like a like a rugrat like this is a reference i don't know any i don't think any of you will will catch here but to anyone who's like a dragon ball z fan and knows who cell was he's like a mini cell to like the young thugs in the future of the world who've already cemented themselves as the kind of like forefathers of this like auto-tune lean wave you know what i mean i agree i saw this picture with uh, power rangers but their heads cropped off the blue one was Young Thug. Um, the black one was 21 Savage. The red one was Lil Yachty. The pink one was Lil Uzi. The yellow one was Kodak Black. Nice. And I'm like, I think Young Thug has solidified himself. Lil Yachty had, has enough hits to put him up, put him there, put him up there somewhere. Right. Um, Drake has co-signed or um, given 21 Savage approval. Right. And so has Meek Mill, which is super funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Um, yeah, I, don't, I, I wonder, I, I feel for 21, a little part of me, a little part of me is like, oh, wow, 21, you're probably emotionally, like, confused right now. <laughs> despite all Does his money. Yeah, despite all his money. What did he say in the, that Fader article he wrote about his mom? Wasn't there a part where he's talking about, there's a little part in the article where he's just talking about his mom, he's like, yeah, like, my mom's the realest one I know, she's a day one. I'm like, yeah, 21, she's a day one because she birthed me. Like, <laughs> exclusively known her since day one and that's it um but sorry yeah please do continue no i just mean like it's like i find it weird that that's that's the wave of hip-hop that's popular right now but like i don't see how kodak black or Lil uzi could sustain too much success because other people in that picture have a very similar sound and are far more established right just to further on your point about how you'll if you'll ever, like, lose. Yeah, like, I, 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 I always try and give people a listen, you know? Like, I'll, I, I will, like, I'll try, but yeah. I've struggled with losing. He's the only one I've actually in. Like, I struggle with Young Thug, but yeah, and yeah. Travis Scott, but they, they changed my mind. Yeah. I've come around. You've come around to okay. Also, let's stop acting like Bad and Bougie was in the best song of the year. <laughs> Man, literally a month ago, you said Burst in the Trap was the best, or Pick Up the Phone was the best song of the year. Uh, I changed my mind a lot. So, <laughs> Raindrops. Drop tops, smoking on cookie and hot box. Who says that? Like that's that's so real. And uh, Uzi's verse. How does he begin that verse? He just he says yeah five times. Jeez, Jeez, like yo, that's what I need. Yeah. That's what this art needs. <laughs> like the culture. So stop playing with Uzi. Like stop something. <laughs> okay, um, sorry. No, no. Um, I'll stop playing with Uzi <laughs> when you stop playing with J Cole. Okay, because I enjoy him. Um, what's so- what good song? Yeah, shut the hell up, man. Also, I'm not smart enough to listen to J Cole. Um, a lot of 
That's uh, false, man. Don't don't play that card because I you see. already know nothing is just that deep. Uh, shout out to this girl uh, from like 2014 or 2013, whatever. I said um, you deleted her from life since. <laughs> yeah, I don't know her name. Uh, I said, uh, oh, I've been. I don't. I didn't really like that album that uh, 2014 Four Cells Drive. Four Cells. Yeah, and she was like, uh, well, maybe it's because you're too dumb. Whoa. And you're not smart enough to take wow, his intense lyrics. Did she straight up say that? Uh, yeah, she did. Wow. Um, How, what and, was your response? I'm curious. Um, well, first I said, I'm erasing you from my memory. <laughs> um, and then I said, oh, uh, have you heard Thug? <laughs> <laughs> have you heard uh, this 21? <laughs> like, knowledge. stop. Don't play with me, like. She probably just heard that uh, you know that one line in Fire Squad where he's just talking about uh, the all the like famous white artists appropriating mm-hmm. music. She probably that's just heard good. that and was like, oh, yo, I got that, yo, I understand what he's saying, yo. I that's like probably that it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, very that's enjoyable. All mixtape Cole is is probably the king, but either way, don't worry, we don't have to talk about J Cole anymore. Yeah, I'm sorry. Wait, what do you guys think about like your favorite album that you've been playing like? Like twice, three times a week. Starboy. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I've been listening to that a lot. Um, I, Kid, I can't man. even explain why. It's just like. It's yeah. Chris, man. It was a. It's the perfect. Yeah. Every song in that album is like the outro to a movie. And yeah. the fact that it came at the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Cinematic. Cinematic, for sure. Definitely. Um, and I think he's talked about. Uh, Abel's talked about that in interviews about how cinema and film. Uh, has a major influence on, on right. his music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of goes for that sound, that cinematic sound you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. What about you guys? Any albums in particular, artists that you kind of, yeah, really hit you hard this year? Impacted you? I think Coloring Book and oh, yeah. The Seat at the Table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, Chance, oh my god. So he just brings so <laughs> many people together. Right. And. I th- he's just like the purest person to me yeah. and I love how he incorporates like live music yes. like mm-hmm. real instruments and sound and like he he's really tactful in how he uses voices like right. melodies and stuff like that That's right. and I think a seat at the table meant a lot for Solange and for her audience like mm-hmm. there are songs like don't touch my hair mm-hmm. and for us by us yeah. like um, I think it was addressed like a lot of our rage mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, and I just like how she's so different from Beyonce, and she's yeah. not afraid to say that she's her sister too. Yeah. Um, and she's just living art, all her like her visual art, her yeah. lyrics, her melodies, everything. There's so much that she's done that is, for sure, just kind of outshadowed by her. Is that older sister? Is she, yeah. Is she older. Older. Okay. She's Because um, hey, I mean, you think about, I mean, I probably only listened to about half of it, but uh, you think about what. Beyonce was also trying to do with Lemonade, right? There's a lot of a lot of content on there that was kind of supposed to speak to something larger as well, right? Um, but yeah, if I can be poetic for a moment, I think something <laughs> about the Solange album and also being being titled "A Seat at the Table" mm-hmm. um, is just kind of yeah, this comfortable way to take in what can be argued as similar messages, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of um, appropriation or in terms of um, just all, she tackles so many she issues is, on there, right? Is. Just about being a woman, mm-hmm, uh, yeah. about being a woman of color, color. Um, which yeah, again has been has been done in popular music before. Beyonce has certainly touched these issues, and she certainly reached out to yeah, a lot more masses. people as well. But yeah, something about this album was just like so much more 
palatable if you yeah, will, you know you definitely. can just like all, it's just like a mellower album mm-hmm. there's nothing glitzy about it exactly like you got Wayne without autotune on your album like that in and itself it's a good verse it's a great verse yeah absolutely and I haven't been able to say that about <laughs> oh my goodness I wonder if artists bring in Lil Wayne and be like okay scratch that do it again. I, did, I didn't like it the first time. <laughs> like, try it. Try it. Do it again, Wayne. Just so that. I feel like that must have happened there at some point. Man, I, I think one of my, like, probably one of my, okay, there's like a lot of shit that you watch on YouTube or the internet, but one of my actually favorite videos of the year um, was like a day or two after Lil Wayne on, on his Twitter or whatever said that he was like retiring from rap, and it was Kendrick, and he was in the studio, and he was just like, nah, man. He's like, you can't. You can't do it, man. You can't do it. He's like, you gotta keep working harder. Just keep. You can't do it, man. He's like, you trying to tell me my idols gonna quit from the rap game? No way, man. He's like, you can't do it. I was like, man, that's so cool. And then hearing that verse, I was just like, there's a little glimmer of hope that he's gonna oh. mm-hmm. put some more music out without auto tune in too. Just like, yeah. just hit us with that pre-Carter three, pre-Carter mm-hmm. four, pre-Carter Lil Wayne. You know. Um, uh, there's hope. Yeah, something you also mentioned about Chance as well is like how dynamic his like his range or use of different vocals is too. Um, something where like you have songs like um, All Night where he's just kind of like he's like crazy, like very like fruity kind of like mm-hmm. vocals are just like all over the place. Um, and then you have a song like um, like a feature like Ultralight Beam where he's just like talking, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and that same like that same kind of like goosebumpy feeling mm-hmm. takes over your body. Um, yeah, he's like his flow is is by far one of the most unique i mean you think about like dugger is like someone you can also consider as a unique flow however uh yeah chances wordplay and just like mm-hmm. everything combined i i don't know if you guys have heard this do you guys know about him like uh like interning for obama in his like 2008 yes. campaign because yeah. his dad what's the connect between his dad and obama again I, I is there one? There is. I think there is. Yeah. Yes. Um, I just don't know what it is. I just remember reading maybe a year or two ago that like he first started writing out his rhymes on like the free laptop they gave him when he wow, started when he started interning serious? for Obama. He was just like, uh, okay, <laughs> I guess he's got word on it. So and then just kind of started going. Um, Amazing. But uh, yeah, he, and, and again, he's another example of like someone who has kind of like committed to his vision as an independent artist. Yes. And his slang, really right? Um, sure. I'm sure there were some stats about how successful he was, like on Apple Music or whatever, as like an independent artist, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and even the Grammys changed some of their, um, what is it? What's the word for it? Like, uh, like award categories. Some of their policies. Policies oh, and really? things, because he's not under a label, oh. right? So, but he's been nominated for countless awards now, mm-hmm. um, and I think he's one of the first artists. To be able to, to do, do that. that. Yeah, wow. so now he's opening doors, right, for other people who are yeah. wanting to write that same label. For sure. Independent, which I think is amazing. Mind you, we're like, most of us here in the 1942, so just a year or... Yeah. He's like that. a year younger than me, I think. Yeah. 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 It's, 93. I remember when I turned 20, I was like, it's scary when you think how many of the people that you really respect what they were doing at your age. Mm-hmm. Now, my favorite at, rapper was like, what? Uh, he dropped Omatic when he was 20. <laughs> Alan Iverson was the first pick in the, in the NBA draft. <laughs> When he, was, mm. when he was 20. Yeah. Um, Chris Rock was working at Red Lobster, but... Uh, <laughs> Comedians always have a funny story yeah. like that. It's just like, man, like, I didn't do shit with my life until I was 25, and like, yeah. I got caught in a viral video on the internet. You know? well, <laughs> but like, yeah, like, if you think about Bryson Tiller is huge now, and off one SoundCloud upload. Yeah. yeah. That's all it took. Yeah. Took um, 
What else is it? Sorry, um, what were you going to say? Oh, yeah, some other albums that I'm sure we've all listened to. Blonde, Malibu, oh, yes. The Life of Pablo, yes. Slime Season 3, <laughs> yeah. uh, Division album, you know. Mm. Um, you went then, you got to see him live, yeah? You got to see Division perform live very recently. Uh, right? yeah, yeah, we saw Division, the guy. Uh, I want to say his first name is Daniel. <laughs> what is it? Daniel Day, I think okay. his name is. And he had a choir behind him. It was, oh, my word. It was really? super nice. I saw yeah. little clips. It looked... Uh, Wow. Yeah, it was definitely a vibe. But I don't know. I know you can all speak on Blonde because that's probably an album mm-hmm. I'm sure you guys listen to. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And we freaked out about that when it first dropped too. Oh yeah. Oh Big yeah. Because we were just waiting, yeah. waiting for what seemed like a lifetime. And yeah. then on 90s on the first track, you don't even hear his voice properly. I it's know. Edited. Like, oh my god, you're playing me more. But then what was the thing <laughs> yes. he, he dropped before Blonde? And this. That yeah. was. Thank you, Frank, for that. Yeah. Uh, just a quick question. I still haven't decided whether I like Channel Orange or Blonde more. Ooh. But what is, what are your opinions on this? I haven't listened to Blonde Ooh, enough to decide. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. I, I thought for me Blonde won, but then I listened to Channel Orange again. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. So mm. The way I the way I hold uh, the way I hold on to Channel Orange is the same way that I hold on to Take Care. I think uh, just like where I was at that point in time. Like, Take Care came out in grade 10. Nothing special was happening between grade 10. Um, but it was, I guess it was, yeah, it was just special for, I think, anyone in the city at the time to just kind of be like, oh, wow, this is, you know, like, quote-unquote, our sound, right? Um, uh, but Channel Orange came out in... 2012. 2012. So I graduated high school that year. Um, and very vividly, I remember, there's, like, a street very close to where we live called Liverpool Road. And uh, I... Between grade nine and my first year of university, I just rode my bike everywhere. Like I only got my G1 when I was 18 because I was like, I just got my bike, man. Um, but I remember riding my bike uh, down this down this hill, and at the very end of the road is uh, is Lake Ontario. It's just a giant body of water, and the sun sets down over that water. Um, and I just remember uh, super rich kids playing as I was just like cruising with no hands down this hill as the sun was kind of setting. Um, yeah, and that's just like a very, very vivid memory in my mind. Um, and yeah, I always kind of think of not only that song, but just the rest of that album too, right? Like, very similar experience with me. I live very close to the Brimley Bluff. Right. So I was riding my bike. Uh, I didn't get my license until like 18 or something. I have a crappy bike. I passed this great city. Super so cool. Yeah, I was riding the shit out of the thing, and I'm going up Brimley, and I see, the, I see like the sunset going down, and my favorite song from the album was Lost. Right. And I was lost because it was my first time going... Where I was, <laughs> was like, that's funny. That was a very unique moment for me. Wow, man, yeah. you seem to have very literal moments with songs. <laughs> yeah. like Western Road flows yeah. now uh, with the bike. Eh? <laughs> that's funny. Well, for me, for Blonde, uh, like every time I listen to it, I hear something new, yeah. and that's very rare with an album. Well, not to everybody, but for me. Yeah. And uh, I remember when I listened to it for the first time with uh, Maiden actually in my car, um, and I was listening to or listening to White Ferrari, mm-hmm. and. Um, Fortunately, I was very uh, smacked while listening. And I noticed these sounds, like, near the end of the track that really hit. Mm. And I was like, I remember, like, I heard those sounds. I remember, like, what exactly it was. But I hit mainly, I was like, yo, are you listening to this? <laughs> <laughs> this is a vibe right now. And uh, it's still, that same bit still hits. And several other moments that help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I like that a lot. For sure. For sure. And all of his, uh, I think, minus the... Minus the Andre 3000 and minus the, uh, what's his name? 
uh, Bon Iver features. Every other feature was like, oh, and I guess the the young lean one as well. Lean. Everything else was very subtle, right? Mm-hmm. It was almost non-existent until you read the credits and were like, yeah. oh shit, they were there. Um, like was when the album, yeah. yeah, yeah, like uh, when the Jeez. when the album first dropped, we had Marisha and Maiden on the pod that yes. day, and Maiden was talking about Kendrick, you know, mm-hmm. with the like smoke or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah, right? I didn't know that. Um, I. I still can't identify I still can't identify myself. Um, you want good practice for that? Listen to BBC, Jay-Z feature Nas. You'll hear those two because they have verses. Right. In the background, there's Beyonce, there's Justin Timberlake, there's Timbaland. Oh, yeah. There's at least like five, six there's artists. Pharrell. I think James Blake, Pharrell. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah. Yes. It, it was on Magna Carta, track 13, I think. If you listen it's to it. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. If, when they're not rapping, it's in the back a lot. When you, <laughs> like each time you listen to it, you'll be like, wait, wait, is that, is that, is that yeah. what they Oh, that's mm-hmm. cool. So like, I think I have to listen to that song a lot. Um, like I started listening to music a little deeper, so that's yeah. why like I caught Beyonce and I caught Kendrick. Right. But there's a lot of good songs out there like that, and a lot of like R and B singers who are really good at those background vocals. Mm-hmm. I think Beyonce's used a lot, Timberlake's used a lot. I think Pharrell too. Pharrell too. Yeah. Yeah. Before he popped off on his solo stuff, that was John Legend's career. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just like hitting like these like solo runs or yeah. just like creating the like vocal harmonies in the back of right. songs, right? For yeah. Kanye, Jay, all those guys. Um, I think my favorite feature on the Frank album is James Blake. He just did chord work on Godspeed, mm-hmm. um, and that's just gospel like crack. He just mm-hmm. goes off on that. That's just James Blake. Yeah, he he also had a very very good album this year. Oh, yes. A little bit long, um, very similar to Views, like twenty something odd songs. Um, a lot of low key features again, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's just like a, a wizard, man. I don't know how else to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I was actually really curious to ask all of you was: was there any kind of music that um, like a style of music or an artist that you didn't think you would have listened to or you stumbled upon and were like, yeah, yeah, you just kind of were like, oh, you know what? This is something that I actually quite enjoy. I say Travis Scott. He yeah. makes some decent gym music. Mm. He's loud. He, he is loud yes. and obnoxious. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Perfect. It's perfect for the gym. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I, I was very surprised because I put it on my, I put, um, what's the, what's that song? Upper Echelon with T.I. Yeah. Like, I, I never heard that song before. I put it on my headphones and, like, I was listening to it a while I was working out and then it hit and it's like when that beat drops and everything like his vocals are I don't even care at that point because they're all over the place but I'm surprised I like him yeah fair enough how about you guys is there any I mean like like, again we've we've spoken heavily about R&B hip hop and and rap you know Um, well yeah were there any other genres or even yeah I mean any other musicians that kind of stood out to you um, I feel like every year there's always like one pop artist who finds their way into like my Spotify recently played. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, to, to be, be honest, honest with you, like I'm, I'm embarrassed to say this because I know you're about to laugh your head off, but the new Bruno Mars album is actually pretty good. It's actually pretty good. Have you listened to it, Risha? No. Okay. He's a talented guy for sure. Yeah, no. Yeah. Seriously, seriously underrated. In, in my books up until up until now I listen to it like it's it's very glamorous very I'm rich yeah. but it's nice it's not it's not too braggy okay yeah uh, but no I just like, like even the song 24 came out even though it's kind of like it can be corny sometimes it's hard to be in a bad mood listening yeah that's the way it is I just like the, the funk grooves like I think this year um Mainly because I got Spotify for free. Shout out Rogers for that. Yes. But you're obviously just able to explore so much other music, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so like learning about like roots of like funk and disco. Those nice. are two big ones for me. Um, and like there were tons of artists 
again, like Bruno Mars, a guy like Mind Design. There's a, there's a whole whack of them who put out music along with similar sounds mm-hmm. um, that obviously just kind of made it more uh, easier to kind of like go back to some of the old stuff too, right? Just because like even when you listen to like trap music that came out in like 2013, sometimes it's like not as easy to listen to because it feels so like simple. Um, like you think about like what Waka was doing in like 2011 and like Hard in the Paint or whatever and you listen to something that's made now like uh, like you think of like Jumpman okay like you think of those those two songs you think about the complexity of like the beat and like this intense like bass line whereas like Hard in the Paint is just like the same like eight bars for the whole time and Waka just going in you know Um, said for like something that I learned this year is like a lot of disco music is like eight to ten minute long songs of just like the same just music and that's it there's like no one talking then some guy will just like yeah just like come <laughs> and like scream on the mic um and yeah and it's a vibe like i don't know i, I don't know what else to say about it you know um so this year for me for sure disco was something that i listened to a lot more really? yeah um, disco and funk music i uh yeah i don't know caught a body listening to it <laughs> i think that's the best way to find music when you find the roots because yeah. i took a I took class at school on genesis of hip-hop great class loved cool. it at york yeah wow that's black so african black urban contemporary music whatever okay. that's awesome uh, that's what that's what they titled the course yeah okay <laughs> professor's awful oh. he's, he's terrible but like, I know a lot of, like, hip-hop, because I'm a huge hip-hop fan. So he'd say something, and I'd be beside my friend, and he'd be like, yeah, LL Cool J dropped the 10 best albums ever. The first 10 albums all went platinum. And I'm like, no, I think it's eight. And then you'll wait five, five minutes later. Oh, sorry, uh, before the test, I want to say I want to clarify with eight platinum albums. And I started off with not 10. And, like, it was awful in that sense. But, but like, you, I, I was really interested in James Brown that year. Right. Uh, George Clinton. Um... Uh, disco was huge from like that 1978 to 1982 period and that's right. when it kind of died down but you'll see there's some similarities with that in hip hop and hip hop like was born in 1979 right, right. Mm-hmm. so there's a lot of there's musical symmetries I guess yeah. like, like I kind of only like listen to other music through hip hop like I only know ACDC because Beastie Boy sampled them you know what I mean so and I think if regardless of what you're into if you dig deep enough you'll find other genres that you're into that's for sure great mm-hmm. Yeah, I only know Mozart because Meek Mill sampled him. Like, that's okay. <laughs> never I'm heard glad, of Mozart before. I'm, no. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. Fun fact: uh, the top-selling <laughs> artist this year is Mozart. Wow, he's killing really? it. Because, <laughs> he's still, he's still good. You know he's why? Good. He dropped. Uh, well, not well. Actually, he dropped. <laughs> <laughs> he dropped it. Yo, hot new hip hop. Yo, they released a mixtape. He sold. The reason why he's a top-selling artist this year is because uh, 6,500, I believe, something along something those lines, um, he sold 6,500 versions of his CD, but it's a box set and there's 200 or 2,000, some ridiculous number in it, and each one counts as an individual sale. Wow. So it's like 6,000 times 2,000, there you go, big number. He cool. knew. Mm-hmm. He knew back in the day, he's like, I'm going to I'm going to stand the charts, man. <laughs> wow, but yeah, man. <laughs> good for Mozart because <laughs> who's who I'm trying to think of who, which uh, Tupac is the only rapper that I know of who had something released well like Michael Jackson has a bunch too true but, that's right but Tupac I think has more posthumous music than pre like life like if you look at his albums he has what 
like I think five, six albums, like All Eyes on Me, Strictly for My Niggas, Tupacalypse, like there's I think five. He has at least seven post, and not including his greatest hits. Right. So he actually, I do believe, has more posthumous music. And who has the rights to release that? Death Row, Switch Night, maybe? I don't know. Really? I don't know. Um, I know there's this one bit where uh, Snoop Dogg was talking about, like, oh, Tupac's a prophet, man. Tupac's a prophet. Yeah. He knew he was going to die. So he went in the studio and he just recorded a bunch uh. of things, man. <laughs> well, like, I don't know how true that is, but if you look at it, he has so much more music. Wow. Right. He died, man. That's yeah. Big, everybody knows too, uh, Hail Mary about Tupac, but that's that was a, a posthumous record. I did not know that. that was, yeah. Wow. Oh. Life After Death by Biggie is technically a posthumous. And record. Pun's album, I think. The Pun's second ca- album. Uh, Capital Punishment. Punishment. Yeah, that's quite posthumous. Wow. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of post music out there. For sure. Um, Nivik, you also had a few. You made a separate list of, of just like singles this year that also spoke mm. out to you. Eh? What would you say your your top five singles this year were? Oh, top five. Problem. Mm. Frank, Self Control, uh, River, Tiber, West, featuring Daniel Caesar. Mm. Uh, Daniel Caesar, Get You, featuring Caliuchis. And that and, just uh, dropped too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yes. Anderson packed The Waters, featuring really BJ's The Cuff. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was definitely good. It's a great list. Speaking of 2016 highlights, seeing Daniel Caesar at Trinity Bellwoods Park with Nivek was, was amazing. Was I've heard some of his music and, like, He's good. He's really good. Mm-hmm. But like, I I couldn't imagine him being better live. Yeah. Wow. It was amazing. Yeah. Amazing voice. Right? Yeah. I think um, I guess two of those artists that uh, Marisha Nivek and I got to see Anderson Pack and Daniel Caesar perform this summer with Kate Trinata as well. I think he's a big artist. He's a, a big reason for why I decided to listen to more disco and stuff this mm-hmm. year. I just took in that he produced All Night by chance yeah i didn't, know I, didn't I mean it makes so much sense just because of mm-hmm. you know the bounce and everything but um yeah it uh something i was saying to a friend earlier today is like i'm quite excited and quite happy with how much um canadian content came out this year mm-hmm. um and how much like positive feedback it got right um, a lot of it mainly came from this kind of toronto sound and you know it's arguable as to why Toronto is getting more recognition now, but either way, um, guys like River Tiber, guys like Daniel Caesar, Sean Leon, mm. uh, Jazz Cartier, you can't forget about. Um, you know, it, it is yeah, it's it's kind of kind of cool to to see that ball finally start to roll in Toronto. Anyways, you know, because um, yeah, I mean that's the reason why Take Care felt like such a heavy album because it was like wow, like no one was really proud of Chaos. No one has ever been proud of classified. Cardinal. You know what? Cardinal. I feel like he falls into like the older class with like Socrates as well and like Shaq Clay. What about Shad? Shad. Shad's always special. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the only problem is he uh, because he was just doing his own thing. Yeah. His like his music nor like anything they affiliated with didn't have that like nuance of Toronto. I think you know associated right. Um, and that's like a, of course, is going to be he a had more old school right? vibe. <laughs> well, he did Q, right? He got, mm-hmm. uh, he? as soon as John Gomeshi was let go of CBC, that's right. that's he took over Q, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's not doing it anymore. Oh, they, he's not. they recently okay. dropped him probably like a four or five months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it was like a mutual thing or they were just mm-hmm. like, we're not kind of digging it. Uh, mm-hmm. that was a weird spot for him too, uh, Damn. just cause of the reputation, right? Like, as ironic to say this now, but the reputation John Gomeshi had as the host mm. of Q, you know, 
we see. No. Yeah, we don't need to get into that. But either way, <laughs> it's just like, uh, Chad, you're sick. So here's this radio show that has had like a ridiculously long legacy, you know, like try and keep it together kind mm-hmm. of deal, uh, which is never easy, right? No. Um, so certainly feel for him. He recently dropped a project called like something Tony Braxton or something like that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what it's called. Uh, wow. Sadly, I did not listen to it. Mm-hmm. But shout out to Chad. You're still an intellectual. We rate you for that. Mm. Um, one, I guess we're, we're actually almost out of time here. Um, but one thing that I really wanted to ask everyone here before we, before we close out the pod is, um, is one thing you learned from this year. We've already spoken about something that we experienced um, or something that we're looking forward to into the next year. Um, but yeah, what's one thing you learned? And we can take a moment to think about this. Mm-hmm. Low key, I can edit it so. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, so many things. But yeah, I uh, I've obviously given myself the time to think about this, so I have my answer. But I'd like to kind of go around this table. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if you if you have one, by all means, just uh, just yeah. say it when you think you got it. Yeah, I can say to uh, take every opportunity that comes to you, every single one, uh, no matter how absurd it sounds, and. Uh, to do things on a whim as well mm-hmm. if you feel at that moment do it you know and uh, I definitely had a few of those this year uh, and it, it'll work out you know it'll it'll definitely work out then so don't be scared I think I've learned to take the time to realize that yeah hey I'm a person I have interests and I need to like nourish myself with that I feel like I'm uh, a lot of times I'm just going through the motions, like with the stress of school and the pressure of having my parents wanting me to complete this trajectory of life that they have like planned out for me. I forget that, hey, I want to watch this video about husky dogs just like yelling. And I really want a husky dog. I've done that today. And I was like, because the uh, one where it's just like, yes, <laughs> they're incredible creatures. And like just having that time to be like, I'm going to click on this video, even though it has nothing to do with my degree or like it doesn't. I don't know. I'm just happy in that moment, and I should like really do other things that make me happy. Uh, I'll go with learning to let go, let go of. Uh, I guess an example was my job, uh, letting go of people, just things that are no longer serving you uh, in a positive way, um, and and no longer. Uh, enabling you to grow kind of kind of feeling feeling stuck or, or you feel like you're suffocating um and yeah i think that applies to, to anything whether that's a habit or, or a person or or a job um yeah it's certainly not a not an easy thing to do but i think when you do let go of these things it liberates you in ways that i don't i can't even articulate but it's the the process is worth it is what i learned Unshackling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think I would say that if people want to be in your life, you'll know. You don't have to interrogate it. And um, a lot of people will say 2016 was trash, and it was trash, but I think it was trash uh, to make you better um, because there was a lot of liberating things that happened, even though it meant going through a lot of turmoil to get rid of them rid of bad things Mm -hmm. I'd say um, 
I was just so conditioned in school. In school, it's such a big deal to me because, you know, I am the original Full Marks, Full Marks boy. That's right. Uh, <laughs> my parents, like, my parents engraved school into me so hard. Like, it took me so long to realize, like, wait, I'm doing this for me. It's not even for them. Yeah. Um, such a big deal. It's, it's huge. How liberating I feel like that's made things different. Um, I think it's it's insane, and I believe there's like a quote on this somewhere that. Uh, insan- the definition of insanity is like doing the exact same thing over and over again and expecting f- a different result mm-hmm. I think that was me like I was like if I was doing something wrong or like if something was going bad in my life okay study harder like that was the answer mm-hmm. and um, nothing changed <laughs> <laughs> nothing changed uh, so it's I've finally finally come to the realization that if you want to make um, change then you kind of have to be a little uncomfortable sometimes mm-hmm. um, you want to do you can't expect to do the exact same things over and over again and um, make it different. Sometimes you need to let go of that tunnel vision. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm Wicked. Um, if I can close out this pod here, uh, I guess before we close out the pod, I'll certainly say thank you to everyone who's here with us. Marisha, Byra, Jensha, Manin, my main man, Nivek, over here. Closing out the year on a uh, on a positive note with this podcast. Thank you all for joining us. Thank, Thank you, you coming from all the way from Austin, from Toronto, from <laughs> Western Road <laughs> over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank uh, you for that. But uh, you know what? We're really going to do our best to, uh, to make 2017 a good year. Um, you know, we're going to take our opportunities. We're going to let the people... Let the people who, who love us into our lives, mm-hmm. let the people who don't love us out of our <laughs> ourselves. What does what Fabian say? There's a line, it's like, uh, get rid of the weak and keep the strong around me. I don't know what that's from, but that line is always... Uh, no, it, it's always resonated. a weird quote that resonates with you. Yeah. Like, one of the biggest quotes that resonated with me from 2016 was, I don't know if it's from 2016, but Marshawn Lynch, I'm going to get got, but I'm going to get mine more than I get got, hey. though. I just quoted fabulous. I never thought I'd do <laughs> yeah. in my life. I think the song is Fly Away. That's it. Go. That's that. That, that'll be the outro song. Yeah. Right. <laughs> cool. Cool. yeah. Um, it might be the wrong song. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not classic. It's not that. Because that's Kanye has a version on that song. I'm pretty sure it's Fly Away. Okay, yeah. I'll get you to listen to it. But certainly the 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 biggest lesson I learned this year, and I think, is probably something that I will have to relearn every year. Um, that I think, yeah, is is worth kind of thinking on is that uh, we'll never know how much you're actually loved and cared for, mm. and. You can go through your whole life, and you'll you'll never actually know it. But I think in the back of your head, if you can just remember that, and kind yeah. of go through the motions, and kind of just like have faith in the fact that there's someone, at least one, at person, least one person, yeah, who kind of cares for your well-being and yeah, wants to see you flourish and grow as a person, then uh, yeah, you'll be all right. So uh, yeah. high top flips up, flip flop, flip flop. <laughs> Out of here. <laughs> One, say good time. I've been here to everyone here and love you all and me too. Yeah.
It ain't as easy as it looks with me Some execs is as greasy as the crooks would be Some women are as sleazy as the hookers be And how I'm supposed to do right with so much wrong around me Get rid of the weak and keep the strong around me Everybody who come along belong around me, you know? Keep me singing in cars and lows But all this money can make me happy 